All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Exit 77, a Notre Dame football podcast. I'm your host, Drew Brennan. It is uh, Friday morning, uh, October 13th, coming at you live from the suburbs of Chicago. Doing things a little bit differently uh, today. You, as those of you that typically listen, you'll notice that there was no Notre Dame lacrosse bagpipes to start the day. And uh, yeah, I'm recording this from my car. I am. Uh, it's 6.15 a.m. on a Friday. And I'm trying to do something different because it's been a tough week if you're a Notre Dame football fan. And I think we could all use a little bit something different. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe me doing this uh, in a little bit different situation um, is going to bring a little bit different luck to our Fighting Irish this weekend as they take on the 10th ranked uh, or 9th ranked USC Trojans at Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday night, tomorrow night at 7.30 Eastern. It is my birthday today. I turned 46 today, um, so maybe that as well is a good luck charm for our Irish uh, as they head into the big matchup tomorrow. But once again, as we've been following the Irish over the last few weeks, it has just not been what I think a lot of us expected and what a lot of us hoped for with regards to the Irish and the second season under coach Marcus Freeman. So much to talk about. I'm not going to bore you guys with a ton of stats and data. I don't actually have any of that in front of me today because I don't have my computer in front of me. Um, But I think I'm just going to take this episode to talk through a little bit about what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling about the Irish. Obviously, cover off a little bit on last week's game against the Louisville Cardinals and then follow it up with a little bit of a hopefully a a tiny preview and maybe a look at what's going to happen on Saturday night as the Irish uh, take on their heated rival, um, you know, at 730 once again. So, you know, just to just to kind of start off and and give everyone my overall thoughts. um, And I've been getting a lot of flack this week um, because for good friends of mine and and, and just people that know me well, they know how much I am a fan of Marcus Freeman and how good of a fit I think he is for the program and you know I still I still do think that way um and I think as well I can also be very critical of him especially over these last few weeks so shout out to friends of mine that once again have continued to question Marcus Freeman and whether or not he's the right person to lead the program uh I'm going to state emphatically that I still do think he is the right person to lead the program um but once again I can be you know, upset at the way he's handled things this year. I can be upset at the way he's managed clocks in games. I can be upset at the way he's called timeouts. I can be upset at the way he's structured his offense. I can be upset at the way, you know, the special teams have not performed like they have last year. And, uh, you know, the Louisville game was, was a culmination of a lot of things that I think a lot of us have been seeing or or feeling about Coach Marcus Freeman. And, uh, you know, let's kind of just begin with just in general the offensive play calling and, you know, whether that falls under Coach Freeman or Coach Parker Um, things have got to change. We obviously have some issues at wide receiver um, with regards to our wide receivers being able to get separation and with injuries. You know, we've got a whole bunch of guys out with injuries uh, across the Louisville game. Obviously, we didn't have Deion Colsey. We didn't have Matt Salerno. Jaden Greyhouse and Jaden Thomas were dramatically limited across that game. And you're down to basically three or four scholarship wide receivers, um, not including Jordan Faison, um, the walk on lacrosse player who scored his first touchdown uh, in the game against Louisville. Shout out to, to Jordan Faison. Uh, shout out to all the Notre Dame lacrosse fans and the team. Um, traded a quick note with one of the coaches on the team after that happened um, on the lacrosse team after that play by Jordan Faison. And uh, he got back to me and said, he's special. Um, so proud. So what a, what a really neat moment for Jordan Faison and for his family and for the Notre Dame lacrosse team and their coaches. Um, kudos to everyone involved there. But going back to just kind of the offensive game plan, you know, it's it was it was pretty inept against Louisville. I think going into that game, everyone felt that Louisville was a team that could be had. Everyone, I think, felt that, you know, what we'd seen from an offensive perspective against Ohio State and against Duke, um, we hopefully had, you know, kind of gotten the glitches out of the system. And now is a chance for us to get back on track 
um, really kind of get back to what we were doing and what we were being successful with earlier in the season and, you know, put up some points on a team that, you know, was, you know, 5-0 and at the time, um, but as well had been, you know, definitely had the ability to be, to be taken advantage of with regards to their defense as they, as they had given up a lot of big plays over the season and was something that Notre Dame, I think, could have really leaned into on Saturday night. Um, but they, they came out and they struggled, and they struggled right from the opening start. You know, Sam Hartman threw an interception on that first drive, uh, a poorly timed pass, poorly thrown ball um, on a slot fade to Rico Flores. Not a play that Flores is probably going to make, um, and it just was a bad overall pass. They'd actually started out the drive with a couple of uh, completions, and we're starting to move the ball. And I th- actually said, I think, one of the people I was with after he threw, that it was a perfect time to start to get Estime involved. You know, you had a couple of really nice long passes. You were moving the ball. Now let's start to establish a ground game. And the Irish went back to the pass and got it intercepted, and then Louisville went down and scored seven quick points to take a 7-0 lead. And I think from there, you know, most Irish fans and most of the team, I would imagine, were just – saying to themselves, oh gosh, here we go again. And that just, it seemed to permeate itself throughout the rest of the evening. And that's another thing that obviously we can talk about Coach Freeman with regards to body language or how he gets his team fired up for a game or how he handles in-game situations like that where things don't go well. How does his then either momentum or his persona, you know, affect the team? And I think that's something that he definitely has to work on. Um, But once again, heading back to the offensive side, we could not figure out anything with regards to Louisville. Um, we really didn't have any explosive plays outside of the Jordan Faison play. Um, we had a couple of nice plays towards the end of the game, but that was when the game was already out of hand and Notre Dame was going to lose. Um, bad run fits, bad pass blocking schemes, You know, people not hitting against the people they should be hitting against, people not blocking against the people they should be blocking against, running backs taking too much time in the backfield, receivers not getting open it was just a confluence of events and everything just could not go right for the irish on saturday night and i'm going to lay that once again on coach parker and on coach freeman they need to get the team better prepared against defenses like louisville they need to get the team better prepared to be able to run the ball if they need to but also be able to check out if the running you know game is not there if the other team stacks the box you don't have the ability to run because you don't have enough guys to block man on man then you've got to be able to switch out. And you've got a six-year quarterback in Sam Hartman who should be able to check out a plays or should be able to look to the sideline and get a play call coming in that says, hey, they've got 10 men in the box. Let's run a play-action fake here or let's run a misdirection here um, to get them on their heels because if we run the ball up the middle like we just consistently did, it's just going to get stopped for a loss. Um, you know, All this a lot of has to do with as well the running back rotation. We didn't see a ton of estimate on Saturday night. He seemed like he's a little bit banged up. We saw a little bit of Jordan Love. He probably needs to be getting the ball more. Saw a little bit of Jadarian Price. You guys know me. I would love to see Jadarian Price get the ball more. Uh, Jabron Payne was in there for a couple of plays, and Devin Ford didn't really see him out there. Um, you know, I really think that the Irish need to consolidate things here and really just focus on Payne, Love, and SMA moving forward. Um, sorry, gosh, Price, Love, and SMA. So Jadarian Price... Uh, Jeremiah Love and Audrick Estimate. Keep those three in the game. Those are going to be your three backs that are going to be able to get you guys yards. Get Love the ball more earlier in the game. Make sure that you have Estimate in on the short yardage situations. And then once again, Jadarian Price is kind of your change of pace back that you can hit on screens. Uh, get them outside. And I just think if you can get those three going, you can find a lot that's going to help you guys win a game. But it just was very frustrating to watch the offensive kind of the whole system on Saturday night it didn't seem like anything was working but as well it didn't seem like we had the ability to make changes to actually have things work as we continue to move forward throughout that game and at the end of the day that falls on coach Freeman 
You know, he wants to be an offensive line and defensive line driven team. Um, the offensive line has not performed in the last three weeks. Um, you know, somewhat against Ohio State as we were able to run the ball. They didn't do the best job pass blocking. Sam Hartman wasn't sacked against Ohio State, but the Duke and Louisville games look night and day different from our first five games of the year where it just seems like we have an offensive line that doesn't quite understand what they're doing. I do think that we have some issues at guard, and we saw on Saturday night that the Irish rotated in their guards, and you know, once again, that's another thing that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You don't want to be doing that in game seven of the year, um, but the Irish did it. Um, but we have a guard issue, and our guards are not, you know, doing their job. You know, it sounds like Coogan's hurt a little bit. If he's hurt, you know, then put in Billy Strouth. Start, start Strouth. Don't start Coogan, and then know that you have to take him out because he'd probably not be full speed. Blake Fisher has not played up to uh, par this year, based upon what we've seen from him in the past. Him in the past, Joel even had a tough night on Saturday night. Although throughout the year he's been really good, um, but we've got to get the middle of that line shored up. We've got to get our center playing better. We've got to get our left guard and our right guard playing better, and that is going to dictate you know much of what the Irish can do. If Notre Dame has the ability to know that their guys up front, the five blockers up front, are going to give Hartman time. Uh, in space to make a pass, you know, I have confidence that Harmon is going to make that pass. If the Nordic offensive line is going to, you know, be ballers out there and maulers and wreck a defensive line when it comes to a running play, you know, then the Irish are going to gain yards because we have very talented running backs. But if the offensive line cannot do that, you know, then our entire offensive system is going to struggle. And that is on the coaches to coach those players up, find the best players to play at that position. And if you can't find those guys, then you got to bring in some other guys. Um, so, I hope that during this week, um, you know, I'm sure it was a tough week of practice with, you know, obviously the loss, but I hope during this week that they figured something out with the offensive line Um, because what you're seeing as well is defenses are just taking advantage of the middle of the offensive line. They're stacking the box. um, They're coming in hard, and Notre Dame has nothing to do. They have not figured a way to combat that, and that's been really, really sad. You know, I, I think we all felt that over the first four games, Parker's offense was pretty dynamic. Um, you know, if you listen to some of the other podcasts, they say that people that really analyzed it didn't think that the wide receivers were that dynamic or that the offensive game plan was that dynamic, which is tough to hear. Um, but, you know, we we're able to put up points on teams. And I don't see any reason why we can't continue to put points on teams. The talent is there. We need to have our offensive staff do a better job scheming, do a better job of putting the team in position to succeed, and scoring points. We cannot continue to have games where we are just literally scoring two touchdowns and maybe a field goal. That is not going to get the job done, um, even when your defense is playing lights out. Notre Dame's defense has done a really good job this year on a variety of levels. I do not place the Louisville loss on them one bit. Um, I wouldn't place you know, the Ohio State loss on necessarily the defense. I'm going to put everything squarely on the offense and their ability to score, move the football, take advantage of other teams, control the clock, be dynamic, be explosive, and it's all things that we just have not seen over the last three weeks, and it's been very, very frustrating to watch. Um, once again, we don't have to cover off too much on that Louisville game. The Irish did have their chances, though. You know, we are down, or excuse me, it was tied 7-7 seven to seven going into halftime. Notre Dame caused a turnover immediately on the first uh, play of the second half. They got the ball. Hartman made a great pass to Chris Tyree on a fade into the corner, and Tyree, unfortunately, just didn't bring it in. If he does bring it in, he scores a touchdown there. It's 14-7, and I do think that that takes a lot of the momentum out of Louisville sales. It takes a lot of momentum out of the crowd, and it could have been a game that maybe then the Irish all of a sudden win. There was another play where uh, it was a third and short situation, and we gave the ball to Chris Tyree on an end-around sweep. Um, It wasn't the best play called, that's for sure. Um, you know, in these short yard situations, I don't understand why you're not giving the ball to Estime anymore. Um, but if you watch the replay multiple times, even though Tyree fumbled it, 
if he had held on to that ball, he would have gone to the edge and he would have had a long way to run. So, you know, while as frustrating as it was for that play to happen and probably once again not the absolute right call, if just one thing goes differently, that play is a really home run play. And, you know, we could say that in the same respect around the Ohio State game and the and the the screen to Jadarian Price. But at the end of the day, teams need to execute, and that's on the coaches as well. It's on the coaches and the players to execute. And if you're going to design and set up a play that you think is going to work, then you need to have confidence that the team is going to execute it. And if you don't have confidence that they're going to execute it, then you can't have it as part of your play calling sheet. You can't have it as part of your arsenal. And you need to go back to basics. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about this week. I've had, I've struggled to listen to some podcasts this week um, just because it's been so hard to listen to the Irish or read things on the Irish, but I've gone through most of them. But a lot of folks have been talking about simplifying the offense. What do you do well? Simplify it and make sure you do those things really, really well. So are there running plays that you do really well that you can you know, rely on? Are there passing plays that you do really well that you can rely on? What are going to be the situations and play calls that are going to put your team in the position to succeed? Continue to run those. Um, so yeah, it's just it's been a brutal week, I think, being an Irish fan. And it's definitely something that, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to see anything different here on Saturday night against USC. I don't have much faith, um, but I'm hoping that does kind of, you know, happen at some point. Following back up at the end of the Louisville game, you know, we held, once again, our defense did a really good job. We held them to four field goals in the second half. The, that score could have been absolutely awful um, from a loss standpoint for the Irish because the offense could do absolutely nothing. But our defense did a really good job of holding Louisville um, to field goals in a lot of situations. Sam Hartman had, I think, five total turnovers, so two fumbles, three interceptions. You're never going to win a game when you're, I think at the end of the day, we were negative four. You're, that's never going to win a game for you. So Louisville's plus four. That always, almost always is going to be a win for that team. But I think at the end of the day, all this comes down to Coach Marcus Freeman and his ability to get the team going to, and to put the team in a position to win he's got to work on his sideline demeanor demeanor it looked a little bit like the oklahoma state game last year um or in his first first ever game so the bowl game where he just looked lost on the sidelines at some points he has to he has to figure out a way that when his team is not doing well that he still has an upbeat attitude he still has an upbeat personality you know if you if you watch marcus freeman you know one of the things that a lot of us love about him is that he He's charismatic. You know, he brings a, a different quality to Notre Dame coaching that we haven't seen in the past. And he needs to lean in on that. He needs to do that on the sidelines. He needs to be the, the person that the team rally behinds. He can't be the guy that sulks on the sidelines when things don't go our way. And, you know, when things are not in Notre Dame's favor and the television cameras peer over or pan over to Coach Marcus Freeman, it's just tough to watch. And it's, it's something that I hope he continues to learn. And I hope he continues to figure out because the team is going to kind of take on his personality. And if he's ready to go, if he's jacked, even if we're having a tough time, the team is going to feed off of that. Um, and he needs to bring that to the equation, especially on the road, um, in those environments where the team is, you know, obviously up against it from a fan perspective. They're up against it from, you know, just in general because we're not going to have the, the audience rooting for the Irish at that game. He needs to be the one that sets a tone for his team. And at the end of the day, too, that comes out with your team being extremely prepared. Um, I listened to a couple of podcasts I said this week, and a couple of the reporters said that on, they were on the field before the game, and the team just looked like they didn't want to be there. And that is just so hard to hear. You know, Marcus Stroman talks a lot about we get 12 Saturdays a year to play, you know, 12 Saturdays out of 365 days out of the year. 
how the team wasn't jacked for that game, you know, that's really tough to hear. It's really, really hard to hear that the team didn't look like they were excited. And that, once again, falls on Coach Marcus Freeman. I'm going to say it again. I can be extremely critical of Marcus Freeman. I hope, you know, those of you, those are my friends that question whether I ever am critical of him. Hopefully you're finding this podcast critical of him. But I can also still feel that I do think he's the right person to lead the Irish. I do think he's the right person um, with regards to what he does, you know, outside of coaching on a, a nightly basis on, on Saturdays. Um, he does a great job from a recruiting perspective. He is someone that, once again, all the fans are behind. He's someone who's likable. He's someone that the national media actually likes, which is nice to see. It's nice to see an Dame coach that the national media actually enjoys being around. That's a total change of pace here over the last probably 15 years. Um, but he's got to get things figured out on the sidelines on those Saturdays um, because if he doesn't, it's going to be tough, right? You know, Marcus Freeman, there's there's no way that I don't think he doesn't get a third and probably a fourth year, but he's got to, you know, get some things changed. He's got to get some things figured out, and a lot of that starts, um, you know, this weekend, tomorrow night against USC. Um, to say that, you know, tomorrow's game is, is one of the biggest of his career and one of his career trajectory, is that's, that's not hyperbole. I do think that that is the case. You know, this is going to be a game that a lot of us will look back on um, as maybe a turning point in the Marcus Freeman era. And I hope that it's a turning point um, that led to and leads to good things, you know, because we do have the ability to beat USC. We do have the ability to play well. We do have the ability to put up points. It's just a matter of whether or not we do it. And, you know, being fully honest and transparent, I don't know what Irish team we're going to see on Saturday night. I do think the defense will play well, um, but you're also going up against a Heisman quarterback who is extremely difficult to stop and one of the best offenses in the country. Um, do I hope that the environment makes it tougher for him to play well in? For sure. Um, do I hope that the weather is not the best? Absolutely. Do I think that that makes it tougher for Caleb Williams to have a good game? At 100%. But do I also think that Caleb Williams is going to continue to make plays and the USC defense or offense is going to continue to score points? A thousand percent. So the defense needs to come out. They need to do their job. They need to limit USC as much as they can. But at the end of the day, we need an offense that's going to go out there and score points. And that is on Coach Marcus Freeman and on Coach Jared Parker to get this team prepared, to get this team ready, to take advantage of a USC defense that is really not that good, hasn't played tough competition, and is a team that will give up points if you do the right things. So, you know, it's something that I hope they figured out in practice this week. I hope they got back to the basics. I hope they figured out who the offensive linemen are going to be. I hope they figured out the right blocking schemes. And I hope they said to themselves as an entire team, as an entire coaching staff, as an entire university, that this is not Notre Dame football that we've been playing the last couple of weeks. And now is the time for us to show out and show up and show everyone else that this is a team that has the ability to play really good football. And I think as well that comes down to leadership from the players. So who are this week on the team were the guys that stepped up? You know, did a Joe out step up in practice? Did he have a closed door meeting with the offensive lineman? Did Sam Hartman step up during this week of practice? Did he bring the team aside and tell them, we're not going to let this continue on? You know, the guys on the defense, the guys like J.D. Bertrand, you know, did J.D. Bertrand, Cam Hart, did they take the defensive side and say, this is not acceptable? We're doing a good job, but we've got to do better. Um, our offense isn't scoring. Now's the time for us to buckle down even more. I hope that the leadership on the Irish team did that this week because I think, once again, that is the type of things that we need to be seeing from the players and it's the things that are going to separate us and they're things that are going to lead us to a victory on Saturday night. All right, I've said a lot. 
I hope that all of you guys are still listening. This isn't, I don't feel like this is a rant, um, but it's definitely a little bit different. Um, and it hasn't been fun. You know, I think all of us Irish fans for this past week and probably the last two weeks, even though the win against Duke felt like it was a win, that week against US or against Ohio State stunk, having come out of that game that we probably should have won. Duke, a game we probably should have lost, but we did win. And we were all feeling good going into Louisville, at least from the standpoint of, okay, we're going to write the ship, and it just didn't happen. So this week has been tough. It's been really hard being a Notre Dame football fan, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And there is the ability for this team to turn it around, and I'm hoping that we see that on Saturday night. So some of the keys to the game and things that we need to focus on for Saturday um, as the game begins and as things get underway, Notre Dame needs to control the time of possession. Um, they need to limit, obviously, USC's possessions as much as they can. You know, Keeping Caleb Williams off the field is going to be huge. Not letting him get the hands into, his hands on the ball will be big. The other thing I think we need to do is we need to establish a run game somehow. Now, I don't know how we're going to do that if USC decides to stack the box, but we have to establish some sort of run game. Along with that, we've got to figure out some way to do play-action passes. If you can establish a run game, play-action passes will be open. We've got to be able to do that. We've got to give Sam Harmon the time to throw the ball. So the offensive line needs to do a really, really good job on Saturday night blocking against USC. You know they're going to bring pressure based upon what they've seen for the last few weeks. So what is Notre Dame going to do to combat that, either have enough guys in the box or design plays that are going to get the ball out quickly so we don't have to deal with pressure? Who, from a wide receiver standpoint, is going to step up? We've seen what Jordan Faison can do. You know, Does Jaden Greathouse, do Jaden Thomas, are those guys back this week? Can Chris Tyree have a really good game? Can Tobias Merriweather, you know, finally figure things out? Who are going to be the wide receivers on our side that are going to step up, make plays, and at the end of the day separate Notre Dame um, from the USC defense? I know I'm forgetting one other wide receiver, I feel like, um, but I can't think of it right now. But probably because no one's making plays on the wide receiver side. That's probably why I can't think of who our third wide receiver is. Um, and it'll come to me anyways. Um the other things I think we need to do, um, I think we need to once again figure out the right rotation from a running back perspective. You know, get it smaller. Focus on price. Focus on love. Focus on estimate. Get love the ball more. He deserves it based upon his yards um, that he's averaging. Get estimate the ball in short yardage situations. He's your, he is the back that's going to get you the first down on third and one, third and two, third and three, fourth and one. Make sure the ball's in his hands at that time. From a defensive perspective. We've got to, once again, be able to contain Caleb Williams. Um, You can't let him get outside the pocket. You can't let him run around there forever. You've got to get a good pass rush um, because we've all seen what happens when that guy just sits back there and has the ability and time to throw. He's got a ton of talented wide receivers, and he can just pick you apart. So we've got to figure out a way to contain him, not let him, you know, dance around. We need to be able to stop their running backs. They do have a good running back set, um, and they've done a good job this year. And then once again, you know, with regards to containing Caleb Williams, you got to be able to contain their wide receivers. They have a ton of good wide receivers. They have a ton of speed. Um, so the things that I'm going to be looking for on Saturday night, I'm going to be looking for the crowd to show out. Um, it should be a fairly pro, you know, I would imagine, you know, 90% Notre Dame Irish fan base in there. USC travels for this game, but they don't travel that well. And with the weather being bad, I'm sure a lot of their fans said, eh, I don't want to do it, and I don't want to go. I wouldn't mind, once again, seeing the weather being bad. I wouldn't mind seeing the weather have a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind. I do think that that would run to Notre Dame's advantage, um, and it's going to affect Caleb Williams. And then the last thing I'll say is I hope I hope to God that this past week, the Irish coaching staff showed the entire team videos of Caleb Williams last year running and taunting against Notre Dame as he was running into the end zone. If you watched that game last year and you saw what he had on his fingernails, we all saw it, 
And then as you saw him scoring touchdowns and looking back at Irish players, there is nothing that I would like to see more than that guy just get absolutely drilled on Saturday night. I'm not asking for him to get hurt. I would never want anyone to get hurt, but I hope the Irish take it personally, and I hope they hit him hard, and I hope they hit him and knock him down and sack him. I hope he gets up and says at the end of that game, wow, that was the toughest game I've ever played. Those guys got to me, and those guys hit me hard. I just hope that that happens because what he did last year was pretty disrespectful, if you ask me, with regards to how he you know, handled himself during that game, after that game. And I just hope that the Irish team takes that personally. I hope that they look back at that game and watch those film clips and say to themselves, A, I'm not going to let that guy do that again this year, and B, I'm going to make this the toughest game this guy has ever played in his entire life. I hope the entire team says that, and I hope they show out, and I hope they do that on Saturday night. All right, it's now time for me to give my prediction. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that, a lot about this this week. I've been listening to other predictions. I'm actually kind of shocked and amazed that Notre Dame's a minus three favorite for this game. I can't actually believe that that's the case. Um, but that being the case, I still can't take the Irish. I just don't see a situation and scenario where we somehow figure things out. I, w- I want to be proven absolutely a million percent wrong in this game. I want this team to figure things out, and I want them to show that they know how to play good football. Um, I want them to get a big win because then we go into the bye week at 6-2, and two and we have the ability to get healthy and continue to figure things out. Um, but I just don't see the way the Irish win. You know, once again, we're playing the Heisman Trophy, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. We're playing one of the best offenses in the country. I do think our defense will do a good job, but I just don't know what we're going to be able to accomplish on offense. Um, you know, and once again, I hope they surprise me. Um, but I don't know if we've if we've got the fixes in place over the last you know six or seven days um, to be able to put a game plan to place um, to beat USC. And at the end of the day, that's going to come down to Marcus Freeman and Coach Jared Parker, and everything's going to fall at their plate. And I hope they own it. They owned it this past week when they were interviewed. Um, but you know, this is Marcus Freeman's probably his biggest game in his career up to this point i think the ohio state one obviously could have gone that way but because we lost and where we're at now this is now the biggest game and for coach jared parker this is absolutely the biggest game of his career um if the offense sputters on saturday night i don't know if there's much of a future for him at the irish um moving forward so all right all this being said my prediction i'm gonna go with usc 34 notre dame 24 um Sadly, that's my prediction. I know that doesn't help, and I know that doesn't make a lot of Notre Dame fans feel good. But I just don't see a way we win this game. And I once again, I hope against hope that the Irish prove me wrong on Saturday night, and I hope we get a big win, and I hope I'm talking to you guys next week about how wrong I was and how much faith I have back more now in the entire Notre Dame coaching staff and the players. I hope they do that. I hope they prove me wrong, and I hope we get a big win on Saturday night if we can. You know, Just because I'm predicting Notre Dame to lose doesn't mean that they can't win. Um, so I hope that that's the case. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to Exit 77, a Notre Dame football podcast. This is episode 60, another milestone for me on this podcast. Thank you all for listening. I do look forward to being back together with you guys next week, probably have some guests on at some point next week for the podcast. But, yeah, 60 episodes. Can't believe I'm at this point. Thanks again for everyone for listening. Um, thanks again for everyone who follows along, reaches out to me, sends me notes, you know, and tells me that they listen. It, just, it means the world to me. And, uh, yeah, I hope we get a big Saturday victory. Notre Dame, it's my birthday today. Give me a big birthday present tomorrow. Beat USC. Go Irish. Beat Southern Cal. Let's get a big win. Let's go. Thanks again, everyone. I'll talk to you guys soon.